APD is looking into a death earlier today in West Campus. What we know so far. And a major Supreme Court ruling over the 2024 election could come down to tomorrow. What it means for Super Tuesday. Scattered showers and isolated severe storms possible for your Monday. We'll time out the threat and show you when you're most likely to get beneficial rain. Thanks for joining us. I'm Nabil Ramadna. Our top story, police are investigating after a dead body was found outside a West Campus apartment complex. It's just off West 25th Street between Longview Street and Leon Street. The body was found in an alley behind the apartments. KXAN Sam Stark has been looking into the death and has more. As you can see, this is no longer an active scene. Austin and Travis County EMS said they received a call at 10 a.m. this morning. When they arrived, they confirmed a person had died. Many living around the area tell us that they feel safe in the area and are curious as to what happened. Austin police have not released any more information yet. Nabil. Thank you, Sam. A Travis County inmate died in custody Friday morning. According to a release from the Travis County Sheriff's Office, Jeffrey Pope was found unresponsive on Thursday evening. Pope was taken to a local hospital where he died the following morning. The Texas Rangers and medical examiner are investigating the death. Pope was booked February 21st on assault charges. And let's take a quick look at the fires up in the Panhandle. The Smokehouse Creek Fire, which has burned more than 1 million acres, is only about 15% contained, while the nearby Windy Deuce Fire has burned about 145,000 acres and is 60% contained. Some Central Texas fire crews have been helping battle these fires. At least two people have died in the fires. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Well, as expected, more clouds today than yesterday. Still warm outside, though, but you can see the blend of sun and clouds from our Austonian weather camera now. We're at 77 in Austin, most areas in the upper 70s and low 80s. These numbers will be very slow to fall this evening, thanks to not just more clouds, but still a warm wind. Yet temperatures cooler than yesterday by a few degrees because of the extra cloud cover in Austin right now. We're about three degrees cooler than this time yesterday. You can see some of those clouds starting to build in from the south. And that'll be the trend here tonight. Partly cloudy the next few hours and then we're mostly cloudy by 11 as temperatures drop from the mid 70s at 7 to 70 at 9 and upper 60s here at 11. Coming up in first warning weather will highlight the newly added severe weather risk for tomorrow as well as timing out some of the showers and storms. Very warm for your Tuesday. We'll show you who could get into the 90s ahead of much wetter weather by the end of the week. Thank you, Nick. Vice President Kamala Harris called for an immediate ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas war while speaking at an event in Selma, Alabama today. She was there for an event honoring 59 years since the Bloody Sunday civil rights protest in Selma back in 1965. The vice president touched on the conditions faced by civilians and noted that the U.S. began airdropping humanitarian assistance into Gaza on Saturday, but says that the fighting needs to stop. And given the immense scale of suffering in Gaza, there must be an immediate ceasefire. So far, officials in Gaza say more than 30,000 Palestinians have died since October 7th.
And a federal court here in Austin has blocked Senate Bill 4, siding with the federal government in its ruling. The court ruled that the bill runs against the U.S. Constitution and federal law. The bill in question, set to go into law this Tuesday, makes it a crime to cross into Texas from a foreign country anywhere other than a legal port of entry. Those arrested would face a misdemeanor for a first offense. A second offense would be a felony. The state of Texas says the law is necessary to deter illegal immigration, while the Biden administration says that the federal government has the final say in immigration matters. A funeral service for Audrey Cunningham, the Texas girl allegedly killed by a family friend last month, was held last night in Livingston, Texas, which is near Houston. Prosecutors say Cunningham was killed by a family friend, Don McDougal, who was supposed to take her to a school bus stop when she disappeared February 15th. Cunningham's family and the victim advocates are calling for lawmakers to close a legal loophole that allowed McDougal to remain off the sex offender registry, despite a previous conviction involving a minor. Last year, McDougal was accused of stabbing a man, but authorities say they didn't have enough evidence at the time to arrest him on a charge of aggravated assault. For this case, McDougal has been charged with capital murder. A federal appeals court tossed out part of a January 6th defendant's sentence, possibly affecting more than 100 other cases related to the attack on the Capitol. The ruling comes from a lower court's enhanced sentence of a defendant for interfering with the administration of justice. However, a three-judge panel in Washington, D.C. has ruled that Congress's role in the electoral certification does not count as administration of justice. More than 100 defendants have had the enhancement applied to their cases, according to a spokesperson for the U.S. Attorney's Office, opening the door for resentencing. A Supreme Court decision over Donald Trump's place on the presidential ballot could be handed down tomorrow, the day before Super Tuesday primary. The case stems from Trump challenging a ruling from the Colorado Supreme Court that said he's disqualified from being president again and ineligible for the state's primary because of his efforts to undo his 2020 presidential defeat. Last week, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear arguments in the late April over whether Trump can be criminally prosecuted on election interference charges, including his role in the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. The former president faces 91 criminal charges in four prosecutions. Texas's own primary election day is part of that Super Tuesday set. If you missed out on early voting, head over to KXAN.com. Our election coverage will have everything you need to know. General Motors says it's expanding its North America recall for potentially faulty tailgates in trucks. The expansion comes after earlier this month, GM announced a recall that affected approximately 323,000 U.S. vehicles. In a recent post, GM said more than 570,000 trucks may be affected by the issue. Affected models include 2020 through 2024 Chevy Silverados and GMC Sierras. Tailgates on those vehicles may randomly unlatch as a result of short circuit from water intrusion. Dealers have been instructed to help replace the part that's causing the issue. GM has not received any reports of major injuries or property damage related to this issue. A group here in Austin has been helping the city with four-legged friends for 20 years. A look into what makes these canines so divine. And Super Tuesday is just around the corner. Some context for what part of the campaign means for those on the ballot. 
For 20 years, a group of Central Texas volunteers and their furry friends have been bringing free pet therapy services to those in need. Divine Canines launched in 2004 and partners with area school seniors, living facilities, hospitals, and other sites to help bring joy and relief to those needing it. To date, the organization has attracted upwards of 160,000 volunteers and canine friends. People love interacting with the dogs. Um, there's an obvious change in mood when the dogs walk into the room. People just really light up and come to life. Now this May, or this May, Divine Canines will celebrate the 10th anniversary of its Barks for Beers series. The long and month-long initiatives is the organization's largest fundraising opportunity, partnering with local breweries to help raise money to support free therapy services. Digital reporter Kelsey Thompson has more details on Barks for Beers online at KXAN.com. Soon thousands of people will head to Austin to take part in South by Southwest. The festivities will kick off first with South by EDU, which is an event that is geared more towards education and learning. That runs Monday to Thursday with most festivities slated to start Friday. But with all those people coming to Austin, that could mean more traffic and that could get worse. And over on KXAN.com, digital reporter Kelsey Thompson put together a map of the road closures. She also includes some handy tips for what Cap Metro is doing to keep travel running smoothly. Well, closed roads, spun out cars, and whiteout conditions are what people in the Sierra Nevada mountains are still facing. The heaviest snow is expected to continue tonight, but should taper off a bit tomorrow. Heavy snow is making travel almost impossible in the higher elevations along Route 50 in El Dorado County in California. Some 6 million people across the region are under some form of winter storm or blizzard warning, and thousands of people are without power. Up to 18 inches of additional snowfall is expected in some areas. Several major highways are shut down, including a large portion of Interstate 80, which is a major thoroughfare through the mountains. For us, we're dealing with warm air and multiple types of pollen that could be causing you some problems. Cedar is medium and trending higher over yesterday. Elm medium and trending up. Mold and ash are low. And you can see on to page two, we've got hickory and oak. Both are low. Temperatures, though, still crack the 80 degree mark today. 81 officially in Austin at Camp Mabry. We've got plenty of warmth ahead this week and multiple rain opportunities, too. We'll show you when you're most likely to get some rain in the bucket where you are in first warning weather. The Texas Republican and Democratic primaries are this Super Tuesday. KXAN's Daniel Marine breaks down how the delegate system works and how the Lone Star State plays a part when it comes to the presidential race in this campaign context. And we're back with more campaign context ahead of Super Tuesday when Texas voters will hit the polls along with voters in more than a dozen other states and American Samoa. When it comes to the presidential race, voters are really deciding how many party delegates the candidates will each receive. Those delegates then select the party nominees during a vote at the party conventions later in the summer. On the Democratic side, the winner needs at least 1,969 delegates out of nearly 4,000. Texas, by the way, has 244 delegates up for grabs. Then on the Republican side, whoever gets at least 1,215 delegates out of about 2,400 gets the nomination. And Texas has 161 GOP delegates available. 
Now here's where it gets a little bit more complex. How those delegates are awarded differs between the two parties. The Republican National Committee, the RNC, has three different systems depending on the states. Proportional, meaning if a candidate gets 60% of the vote, they get 60% of the delegates. There's also winner-take-all, that's pretty self-explanatory, and also a hybrid. The Democratic National Committee, the DNC, takes a more uniform approach when it comes to delegate allocation. They just go with proportional, but a candidate does need to get at least 15% of the vote to score any delegates. And by now you're probably wondering who gets to be a delegate, right? Well, these people are selected by the parties. They're typically party activists, VIPs, they can also be elected officials. And what about superdelegates? You've probably heard that term before, right? Well, these are delegates that automatically get seats at the convention. They're not there because of the results of a primary or a caucus. Before 2018, Democratic superdelegates got to vote for whoever they wanted. And you might remember this created an intra-party clash ahead of the 2016 Democratic convention between supporters of Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. The DNC made a change after that, and now Democratic superdelegates only get to vote if there's no winner after the first round of voting at the convention. And over on the GOP side, superdelegates, well, they haven't really been a thing since an RNC rule change in 2012. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Thank you, Daniel. Taking you out to our Rock and Dirt Yard camera in Buda. We've noticed increasing clouds as we've gone through the afternoon and now into the evening. These clouds coming our way from the south. We also have a separate batch of cloud cover coming in from the west. But it's the clouds coming in from the south that will be increasing tonight ahead of a relatively weak storm system coming in for tomorrow. You can see the increased cloud cover here at 10 tonight, and then we're all pretty gray to begin your Monday morning. Even with the chance for some spotty to scattered, mostly light rain and sprinkles here that uh, will remain a possibility through the majority of the morning, even though you may get sunshine in between any of these showers. Drier weather temporarily in the middle of the day, and then if we get enough heating and we can break the lid on the atmosphere, Atmosphere, it's possible that during the late afternoon and evening tomorrow, maybe one or two strong or severe storms develops. This particular computer model has been a little uh, more gung-ho about the potential for storms, especially in the hill country during that late afternoon, early evening time frame. We've got others that don't break the cap in the atmosphere and keep us dry. Tuesday starts with clouds, but these clouds quickly erode, and then it's nothing but sunshine as temperatures head well into the 80s with even some 90s possible in the hill country. For the most part, your better chance for wet weather tomorrow is going to be in the morning, but it's really not looking like much. Maybe a few hundredths of an inch of rain. Now, if we can get a couple of those storms to fire up during the afternoon and evening, then we could get some localized higher amounts, maybe a quarter inch or more in a few spots. And it's looking like the hill country may be the best chance for that. So you see those higher rain chances in the morning, then they drop off middle of the day, and then they climb just a little bit for those isolated storms later in the day. Now, just earlier this afternoon, the Storm Prediction Center introduced a one out of five severe weather threat here for all of us on Monday. That's if the cap in the atmosphere breaks, we could get some isolated severe weather with large hail and damaging winds being our primary concern. It's a conditional threat. If that cap breaks, then we could get a strong storm or two. I wouldn't rearrange plans, but certainly keep an eye on that KXAN weather app and the radar there. Just a low 10% rain chance tonight coming after midnight. 
a warm night with lows of 64 and it should still be warm tomorrow and a bit humid too with a high of 79 with that light rain in the morning and that low storm chance in the afternoon. There's the warmth for Tuesday and it stays above average here through Thursday and even Friday before a, a cold front comes in later in the week. That cold front's going to give us decent rain chances Thursday especially, but also into the first half of Friday before drier weather takes over into next weekend. And the projected rainfall amounts keep going up half an inch to an inch and a quarter for many of us, but on the lower end of that, if not less than a half inch for the hill country. That does appear to be our best chance of rain for this week, Thursday into Friday. Then a cold front knocks us down into the 60s next weekend, which for now is looking dry. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good evening. Texas baseball team has not fared well in these early season events in Major League Parks. And today, trying to avoid an 0-3 weekend at Minute Maid Park. First three games away from home. Longhorns lost to LSU. Tough loss to Texas State late. And then taking on number nine Vanderbilt. And it started out well enough for the Horns. Up 1-0 when Kimball Schusler goes deep. And that makes it 3 to nothing Texas. Think this fan's pretty fired up that he got a baseball. Then it's 4-2. to two, And Porter Brown goes deep. Hit one yesterday. Brown shot there 5-2. to two. And then Brown 8-3 to three lead. And he does it again. He was slumping going into the weekend. And he may have found his way out of the slump 10-3, 11-3, and then, well, the bullpen just could not hold things. And with the bases loaded, Troy Leneve with a shot off the fence, and it's like a relay race. All three of those Commodores score, and the game is tied at 11, just like that. David Pierce watching it slip away, and then Matthew Polk with the sacrifice fly in the seventh, and Vandy comes all the way back from eight down to take a 12-11 lead, and then now Longhorns had a chance in the eighth, couldn't bring a run across right here. They got a leadoff double and nothing to show for it, and Vanderbilt went on to add some more. This is Camden Cozeal in the bottom of the eighth inning, and that finds the gap, and that gives Vanderbilt the cushion that they did not need. They didn't need another run. Here it is. Longhorns, you know, some losses sting more than others for Texas. This will sting, but they have no time to worry about it because they're coming home right now. And then on Tuesday night, Longhorns and Aggies, final non-conference scheduled game with Texas and Texas A&M before the SEC. And then they go to Lubbock this weekend to open Big 12 play on Friday. When we come back, Austin FC out west late last night. We'll see if they could come home with a point. Late last night, Austin FC taking on Seattle after losing their opener, FC and Seattle. This was a grinder, and, well, Seattle had way more chances than the Verde, but they just could not convert. In fact, the statistics are rather staggering considering the results. Seattle had 23 attempts compared to just two attempts for Austin FC, but the defense for FC without Sebastian Driussi stood up to the challenge. Nice save by Brad Stuver right there, and they do come away with a scoreless draw, so they're coming home with a point after the tie out west. All right, finally today out at the Westwood Country Club, it is the finals of the ATX Open. First time ever in the United States, all Chinese final in a professional event. Zhu Wang and Yu Wan from China. And this one is decided in straight sets, and it is the eight seed. 
You won taking home the title at Westwood Country Club over her fellow countrymen. We're back after this.